You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 67. It's not often that you meet someone that genuinely follows their heart and takes the leap of faith in pursuit of a dream. Today's episode is full of so many amazing tips surrounded by a story that starts in Italy and ends in Mexico. If you're still questioning your passion, I think this episode will have you convinced to take action today. Hi, Filippo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for hosting me here. I would love to go back to the beginning of your story and your journey to me sounds like a dream. Could you tell us how you evolved into the artist that you are today? Well, thank you so much, first of all. And I'm still in the process, so I don't feel like I... I'm already in the place I can say I'm the artist I always wanted to be. But I really enjoyed the process of discovering this. I, I started as an actor, so I always felt that I my path was meant to be different than my the my family's or my friends' point of views or the way they, they always approach life. I, I have a great family, a great relationship with them, but I felt that I had to to break the chain, no? that it's always, you know, my parents have their own parents and they said something to them just because the parents of my parents of my parents, you know, it's a, it, yes. a change that I, I felt wasn't right for me. Coming from Italy, it might sound weird to say this, but to be a painter in Italy, it seemed like it's not a real job. Even though you are from Italy and you, I'm, I'm actually from Tuscany, so very close to Florence and I grew up by looking at these beautiful paintings and Caravaggio, Michelangelo, all of them. You know, I grew up when I, like, like this. But b- maybe because you have this competition with our history, you know? It, mm-hmm. Right now, new artists are not seen like r- real artists. It's sad to say. And maybe this is my, my point of view, but I have friends that they study in Florence in the best academies and they, re- they are struggling living as artists. But I always have this talent or this predisposition of drawing. And I, when I was at school, teacher and friends, they really always like, wow, wow, wow. Since my parents, for example, because it's our culture, they don't take seriously my predisposition of drawing. I didn't also take seriously these, this talent that I had. And I just take it for granted. And I was like, okay, this is something that I really enjoy to do, but let's find something that it's more, you know, it's right for me to do, to have a, mm-hmm. a proper life. You know? This was my old mindset. Right. I couldn't handle this. I actually went to, to Pisa, which is a very, very close from my hometown. And I applied to be in the university and studying like finances and stuff like that. And after, I mean, I think two months, I quit because I just, <laughs> I just couldn't. Yes. And then I thought acting might be my path because I, I really always like looking at these old movies. I, lo- I really like Sergio Leone and all 
of those directors, Fellini, Pasolini. This was just things I, I really liked for myself. So I said, it might be this the, the right direction that I, I have to get. So I told these things to my parents and they, they were like, come on, get the real job, blah, blah, blah. I challenged them and I say to them that I found this academy, which is the best academy in Italy. And they, they have 10 person they can have each year in their school and it's for free. But since wow. because, the, because the, the, the competition is so high to get into, I mean, we mm-hmm. went there for the audition. We were like, I don't know, 700. I, mean, I don't know. I don't remember. But lots of people were there. Then they choose like 30 person. And after 30, after a week working with this 30 person, they finally get the final 10. Wow. So they dwindle it down to just 10? Yeah. So the condition for my parents were was this one. If you can get into this impossible school, to get, <laughs> <laughs> this impossible task to do, you you it's okay for us to for you to, to do it. But the other schools that are still very good, but they're not supposed to be that good, they have very high fee to pay, you know, each each mm-hmm. and they were like, Well, otherwise if you don't get into this school, you have to work because we're not going to pay for these things because we don't believe it's the right thing to do, but we are also open for you to do whatever you feel like. But mm-hmm. I I don't know how Really, I don't know how. I won the audition and I started my studying as an actor in this very good school. I stayed there wow. for years. I worked with them I, in theaters and then in a very important theaters. Actually, I experienced the theater environment in a very good way because it's it's most well known for be place with not such money into. Okay. But instead, I was acting in this very beautiful theaters and all around Italy. And then I moved to Rome because I wanted to, to to act in movies. But after I stayed there like five years and I I actually ended up working just in TV series, Italian TV series, like in Mexico, they have the, you know, maybe like the soap operas, no? Telenovelas. Oh yeah, telenovelas. Telenovelas. Yes. <laughs> Like the same for Italy. So it's like studying to be the best painter you can, studying like doing like one Caravaggio's painting, and then they ask you to do just a little house. No? So this mm. was for me the same. I studied to be the best actor I could. I entered in the school and then I worked so hard and everything. And then after uh, many difficult moments facing casting directors, 90% of them, they don't know what they're doing because they never act. <laughs> so they, they are asking you something that they don't know. It's impossible to, to, to work like right. that. They are just there because are friends of someone. So in this very spoiled environment, you always have to be, you know, with your smile and thank for them to be judging you in the wrong way. You have to be like, oh, okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Everything was very <laughs> tough, very fake. And then eventually when you get the part, you act in a very bad way. No one is taken seriously. They're just there just to get the day done and Nobody do rehearsal, but I'm so thankful for this experience because I've learned a lot. I I actually uh, met Bim Benders, which is a very important director from Berlin. He's super famous. I worked with him, and then I did a very nice commercial with Andy Garcia. We stayed one week together. It was super fun. And in Italy, I also met very important 
directors. I can't complain like the actors who can't because he's not working, so he has to work as a in a restaurant. This wasn't my problem. I was working actually. I okay. I couldn't complain about the money, but my health, uh, yes. my mental health wasn't wasn't that good at the time. And okay. then they offered me to be the leading character in this movie, and I said no. I said yes at the beginning. Then I met Paulina, my girlfriend, and she's from San Miguel. She did. She's the reason why I moved to. Mexico and instead of going for this movie that I have been waiting for a lot and was ready to to do well I said bye ciao I can wow so <laughs> my parents were like come on you're doing this okay the movie started to record in October in 17 2017 okay and in September I was in Mexico so one month wow. before I say no and I came here and this was the healthiest and the best choice I could have taken I say that because I was putting myself as a person and the first place and then the, the work and then everything so when I think when you really uh, focus yourself on what it's the healthiest thing to do for you this is the best thing that you do actually and when I put myself in this right path everything start to flow eventually San Miguel de Allende where I'm where I'm living right now is the best place in the world I think of, of for sure in Mexico to be a painter it's a really very well known place to be artsy and people come here from all around Mexico to buy art and to be inspired by art before San Miguel de Allende I've never I would never thought to be a painter a, a professional painter in my life as I told you okay so I actually started painting like three years ago okay and well that's amazing yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you so much it just seems like there's so many times that we're pushed towards a career that doesn't include the arts. And I love to hear how it was that you decided to pursue art because it does seem like a difficult choice to make, especially when it's something that your parents have been trying to maybe ask you to do something a little bit more traditional or more secure. Because yeah. I do think that being an artist, there's always that insecurity of income and how are you going to make your money. And the neat thing, though, is with your art, it looks like you found a very unique approach and that's what sets you apart thank you what was the biggest struggle that you faced in making the decision to change paths from acting to painting well actually it was the easiest things to do because i and all of my friends they were like wow you, you're so brave man in doing this you, you, you're just moving you're in another country and i didn't speak spanish at the time so another language and everything. and so you must be very brave to do the congratulation and i was like guys this is the easiest thing to do i actually actually see you pretty much braver for me was more scary to to keep being in the acting world and being in Rome and every day wake up and waiting for this magic call that never comes you know right it needs more courage to to do this than just move go to Mexico which is an amazing place you know amazing country and then try to do whatever you want to really want to do so I really uh, suggest to everybody when you have this feeling that it's the right thing for you just do it yes i know it's everybody saying this but just do it and really focus <laughs> on when it's what is it's worth it for you right well i had read that you have your own studio can you tell me what it felt like to take that leap believe in yourself and then finally open up your own studio it's another interesting story and as i said before when you are in in the right path everything's flow and everything is so much easier than before I found this place called Fabrica Laurora, which is, it was a, a textile factory 15, 20 years ago. They closed and 
they converted in uh, an art center. Now it's full of galleries, full of studios, and it's a very inspiring place to be. And the first time I went there as a tourist, I was passing through the first corridor and I was like, I gotta have a place over here. To get a place, to get a studio in this art center, there is a waiting list that it's long life. People have been waiting for seven years, eight years. Wow. So it's so long. Everybody wants to get a place there. But I was there. I really didn't care about about these things, about the, the list and about what they're trying to get into La Aurora. I knew I would be able to find my own way to get into La, this place. And it actually ended up being like that because I helped for free this artist who already has a studio in, the, in La Aurora. And I was helping him, like opening the studio. And in doing this, I had the chance to be there and painting, using his studio also for paint my canvases and just being there. But I started this painting, which was the first painter I painted in San Miguel, which is this, it's this person diving into the sky of San Miguel because the sky is like underwater scenario. So it's kind of surrealistic style. And people who came into this other artist studio, they they came straight to me. They were they they wanted to speak with me to to see the painting closer. And for the owner of the studio was kind of frustrating because he had like <laughs> thirty paintings hanging, and uh, they always yes. were there. And I was feeling so weird inside. I was like, don't, don't come to me. Go to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Say this work is beautiful because I wanted to stay there. But after a while, right. it was impossible because of this uh, electricity. No? This was after three months that I started working for this guy. And at that time, the owner of the art center, I had the chance to meet them and we spoke and they eventually liked me. And just being there, I had this idea and I saw there was there a very little corridor, an empty corridor, dark, without light. There was just a connection from one area to another. One. And I thought that I could paint in this corridor. So this is the point. This is how I, I jumped the, the, the list and I could have mm-hmm. play, one place for me because I wasn't there to take something from the for the art center, but I was there willing to give something to them. As we know, this is always the best way to, to get something. It's before to give something to society. So I went there and I said to the owners, I have this idea. I want to paint in the studio even if people will pass through I will be bothered by them I don't care I just want to be here so I, I can set up this, this corridor as my studio people can come so it would be very interesting for visitors to see an open studio every day and get the chance to speak with the painter and so this is the first thing you will get by this deal with me and the second thing is you will have another rent that you are not having right now and for you will be another income so would you like to do it they say to me I think eight times they say no because they couldn't visualize the deal until I took a picture of the empty studio I took a picture of myself in at, um, at home while I was painting and then I did like a render with Photoshop I put myself into the corridor I put my picture of my painting hanging in the wall of this empty corridor and I print the the picture and I brought to them they they are like 70 year old so also because of that maybe they're not like when you are 40, 50, that you're, you're full of energy. So this is mm-hmm. why also you really have to understand who you are speaking with and understand the, the level of energy could be very different for me and, from, 
and them, no? By the way, yes. I brought the picture and they just love it because they could see what I had in my mind that I thought was so obvious, but, but this was my point of view. I had to put myself in their shoes. I understood that they need to visualize the, the deal and they loved it. And after two weeks, I, I had this corridor and I stayed there for wow. six months and it was very weird because I was painting, doing these deep, very detailed paintings that I used to do with lots of details and people would come through and there are some old ladies come to me and asking me like, hi, I'm sorry, are you the painter? You know, and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> it's obvious I'm the Are you uh, this weird question, but they just wanted to, to, to speak with me to get the chance to, to have a nicer experience for, for them, no? So mm-hmm. I also developed this feminine skill, which is being a bit multitasking. So while I was being nice with, with these tourists, I also could keep painting. It was tough. All of my friends, artists and painters, they told me that they would never do it. They just said, for me, it would, would have been impossible to do. But for me, it was interesting. And then televisions come to interview me from, from San Miguel. And then galleries from Europe knew about me through social media. So they did some articles. And so the owners saw that I was full of energy and I'm still willing to do the best I, I, I can do. That's amazing. Well, ultimately, you were bringing so much value to the studios by doing what you were doing. It was a way for people to feel more involved with the community, with the artists. So you brought so much value to the table. And I think you're right. It's always a win-win when you can add value before you ask for something. Yeah. Willing to start small because the, the, yes. the corridor was like <laughs> four meters for for meters was so small and willing to give something else I was giving them more you know and a different experience from the customers and for the visitors and also I was giving them another rent actually at the beginning I was willing to work for free this is another thing that most of my friends they I don't know if they would agree with me because they get the other path so they go to university they graduate and then they pretend not pretend they they are willing to work just if the the job that they will find it's well paid because they already study so for me because I, I I took this other path for me it's more about just giving as much as you can giving giving and then you will find the way to get something back right as you may already know I'm a huge fan of selling on Etsy I've had over 10 years of selling my jewelry and digital cards there And to be honest, it is by far the easiest platform to navigate. It takes no time at all to list an item with a smartphone. And really, that's how I get most of my products in my shop. To make it easier for you to get started, I'm sharing a link in the show notes for you to open your shop with 40 free listings. That should motivate you to finally take that first step and get your shop online. If you're looking to finally open your store with absolutely nothing to lose, now is the time to try Etsy. Now back to the show. Well, I also love that in your story, you said that they wouldn't approve the studio idea, the little corridor idea, and you kept trying because Uh, you're right. Sometimes, yeah, you have to meet people where they're at. So maybe sometimes your vision just doesn't resonate with somebody, but it isn't until you're actually able to show them the vision in the way they can understand it that, you know, it makes sense. Exactly. They were saying to me, no, they did. They said to me eight times. So I came to them and they say, um, no, Filippo, thank you. The next day, 
before they arrived, I was there. And they were like, so what? No, because maybe I thought I can tell you better about the, this idea. The second time they were still very close uh, about the idea and they were like, no, no, no. So third time, the next day, every day, I kept doing this for a week, more than a week. I actually thought it was nine days. And then they were like, before they arrived, I was there in front of their door. They started laughing, like smiling because they were like, seriously? And I was like, no, no, I just wait. And then I, I brought some coffee. I couldn't take a no as the final answer. I just, I just, right. I just couldn't. They saw this will, so they were starting to be more open to my idea. But the the, the mistake at, at that time for me was that I was still looking at the the deal from my point of view. I didn't really see from their point of view. This right. is why I understood they need to see the, the render. They need something visual to have because in my mind it was so clear, but in their mind they were like, "Who is this Italian guy who is <laughs> bothering?" And then, Do you have any tips for? someone that is still searching for their passion or talent? Because it looks like you've done a few things from acting. You said you liked photography. I had read your bio and in that you mentioned photography and then finally you ended with painting. But there's sometimes those people that they seem to not have a passion for something and they know that it's in there. But do you have any tips for someone that's still searching? Yes. Maybe first of all, I suggest everybody to read this book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. I don't know if you have, have heard of it. No, I will read it though. Yeah, it's the book that really has changed my life. And it's a book that really helped me understanding that I had to reprogram my myself before everything else. I had to clean up the program that my family, even if they were trying to help me, to protect me when I was young, they were programming with their parents' programs. We are different people. We are different persons. How can you build it up? Oh, everybody all, all the same, no? At the same, in in right. the same way, it's just impossible. And uh, so this book is perfect. I really suggest you to read it. I've been reading lots of these books, actually. And the okay. American approach of this super important. It's so important for us to understand how we are built, how we are programmed. And I feel that in in US, there is a knowledge that there is pretty much better than any other, any other place in the world. You know, you have these writers and speakers that they really know what they're saying. So since you're listening this this podcast, you already speak English. But another another yes. advice for me <laughs> is learn English as soon as you can. My English is not that good, but at, the, at least they're understanding so good for me right now. And, and it's getting better through books. And we met through Tony Robbins. So Tony Robbins and other inspiration that it's always in in my daily routine it's always there and then if you think really what you what you will do for free from now from till the rest of your life just think that it's possible to monetize this passion our my parents and our parents thought that is not possible that to earn money to get money you have to follow the precise path but it's not true everything can right. be monetized but yes, if you follow true. your passion when the difficult times arrived you can handle because you're still doing something that you really like to do. if you're not doing something that you don't like if you're doing something you don't like and then you fail, they, they, it's pointless. It's pretty much better to get the chance to fail in something that you really like. And uh, now with internet, it's 
it's crazy how people can monetize everything. You can start a podcast, you can start a TikTok, a YouTube channel. It's never been that easy, like right now. So if you see, if you read my my bio and you and you, there is an Italian guy coming from Livorno, which is not a famous place. You know, it's not like I'm coming from Florence or I'm coming from Rome. It's different. But this guy coming from Livorno, from an average family, and then he went to Mexico and became a painter. There is nothing that makes sense if you heard of it, if you heard of it, this story, you know? It doesn't yes, make sense. Yeah. But it, it actually is working out pretty good for me. So if it's, if it's working for me, it can work for everybody else. Yes. To me, it feels like it's an amazing journey because you actually took that chance on yourself. You didn't stay in that position of acting, even though you went to school for that. There's so many people that go to school for, you know, things like maybe accounting or finance, whatever it might be, and they just despise where they're at, but yet they don't want to leave that comfort. So they never really find their passion. They never really find something they're really good at and that they enjoy because they feel like they need to stay with the thing that they went to school for. So I think that's so awesome that you were able to recognize that maybe acting wasn't the path for you and you took the leap of faith. And it's not their problem. It's just the the way they've been programmed and they didn't know about it. They without even know that they have been programmed with someone else that maybe wasn't like a computer. You, isn't, right. This is the book is saying like, our money is like a computer. If you, if you program, if you put into your computer a right program, it will work perfectly. But otherwise you, you can get a virus and then shut off, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, th- this book is amazing. Okay, and well, it, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. <laughs> let me know when, when yeah. you finish, let me know. Okay. I will, yeah. I love it. I actually read it uh, four times, one okay. or another, because because of my English and also because I really want to understand it. And every time I was understanding something more, because actually when you're reading a book, you're not understanding something more about the book, you're understanding something more about yourself. So I was there and every time I was like, ah, so this is why, this is why. And eventually the reason why you're acting in a certain way is like this little seed that someone put into your mind when you were three years old, four years old. So Mm-hmm. You didn't. You didn't even know about that. But it, it got stuck in in your subconscious mind, and you keep holding and having this weight with you. And actually, it gets bigger and bigger. And and it's so important to understand all of these seeds that we have inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> it, it does. It's yeah. exciting that I understood for, that. For example, I was leading in a certain direction because my mother was so scary for me when I was so five year old to to wait three hours after lunch before I go swim. You know, when we were, oh, yes, yeah. you, know, you have to wait. This. <laughs> For me to understand properly, she was giving me this bad example, like because I heard this little guy died yesterday because he waited two hours and a half. So, so I'm, I'm not judging her. I understood that she was trying to protect me. And these were the tools that right. she had because her mother probably did the same to her. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not angry with her. She just had these tools, but you gotta, you gotta fix it. Otherwise you will be the same and you will be the same with your child and, and it will go on and on. Instead, you gotta really understand the reason why you're doing something like that because they're super dumb. They are super small. Yeah. <laughs> and we make such a big deal. You know, also the way we are, we are, we are living our relationship with our partners. 
it's sometimes we, we make such a big deal of things, but if you really understand why you're acting like that, you can, you can figure out that when you were 10, classmate did something to you that actually you're, it's in your subconscious mind, but you actually have to, to think about it. You actually have to meditate right. to understand because mm-hmm. there, are, there are many things that are hidden in, in our brain. And for the other, the last suggestion I can give, I can give to people, it's to meditate as much as, as you can. So I do this okay. every day. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it always felt to me like when I would meditate, like, oh, I'm, I'm wasting five or 10 minutes. Like I just have to sit here and it felt like a waste. But once I understood the process a little bit more and I understood about being present, it made so much sense to me, you know, and it helps with everything, with every aspect of life. I really think it calms you a lot. Do you have Netflix? Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. In Netflix, the Headspace, I, I just saw like a month ago. Okay. Uh, there is this series, like eight episodes that Headspace have done. And each okay. episode is a, a different approach of meditations. And oh, nice. Okay. Everybody wants to start me uh, do meditation. I think it's one of the best way to 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 approach it because it's so simple. Right. There are you have illustrations. The guy who's speaking is very good, and I think would be a very nice way to understand. But yeah, exactly as you said. Also for me, the first time that my girlfriend suggested me to meditate, I was like, you know, it's I'm just wasting time. Now. But uh, until you really want to do a a radical change in your life, I, I look for meditation. And right. it wasn't someone else that was saying to me to do meditation. So it's really, it has to start with you. Well, what's next for you on your journey? What's next? I've been visualizing myself in New York. And uh, I don't know why, maybe, you know, you grow up with movies and everything. But yes. eventually I, I found out that the best galleries, of course, museums are in New York. And I feel this would be such an interesting environment to explore. So I'm moving, for example, I started working with this gallery from Mexico City, which is it's a very important one here in Mexico. And the goal for me is to keep changing it as much as I can through my life. I learned this through the Beatles. <laughs> if you like the Beatles mm-hmm. and you see <laughs> the first album and the last one, they are so different. And each album right. they were publishing, they always change a lot from one to the next one. And there was this interview of, I think it was Joe Lennon and this, this journalist, he was asking him, why you're not doing the same? You, you were doing so good now. People, your your audience, they don't understand you what you're doing. I think when they released the album Robert Soul, something like that. And Hugh said something mm-hmm. like, how can you think that I will do the same music as uh, as I did a year ago when now I'm a completely different person? I would be cheating. I would be lying if I would keep doing She Loves You, yeah, no? Because I want to improve my life. I want to get better every day. So this is a very important thing also with artists. I saw their curriculum, their career, and when they figure out that something was working pretty good with them, mm-hmm. with sales especially, to be honest, they just stick with it and they keep doing the same. No, but for me, it would be the, the the end of everything as a as an artist, as a person. So my goal is to keep changing. I can tell you that I'm intrigued by being in New York and work with some institution there, and to keep changing with my art. I actually in, in three years 
I have done many things. Uh, there is a museum who want to do an exposition about me. And then at the beginning, they were like, we are not sure if we want to say that you have been painting just only for three years. <laughs> of course, we did. Oh. they were laughing, but because your work doesn't look like work that is. It doesn't, no. Thank you. Thank you. But this is my, my main goal, to keep changing and really be focused on giving value to to humanity, to everybody. Right. Because when I was doing this portrait, they are like very, very realistic portrait. I was feeling so weird because after a while I asked myself, what am I doing? What what am I giving to to the world that a camera can't do? Because actually camera, photo, it's faster, it's has more details than even though now there are these photorealistic painters, they, they do an amazing job. But for me, it's, after a while, it's pointless because if you already have a camera, I can do it. Why? I mean, I, I, really, can, I really appreciate your technique, your skills, but what are you giving to, to society no? through your work? For me, it's more like showing off what I'm, I'm capable to do. So this is why I started studying abstract painters, especially in, U, in US, you have the great arts in your art history. For example, C.I. Twombly, I really respect him. I like his work. And if you ask me this like a year ago, I would say, no, come on. But I really want to dive into also abstract. This is why my new series, it's half realism, half half abstract mm-hmm. art and then for me it's the it's my way to to dialogue with mm, the viewer of my painting so if there is if it's a perfect reali- photorealistic painting the painting is saying to you so this is me there is no free of interpretation because this is the way i look i don't care who is in front of this is what photorealistic painting right. does to me no but when you also have an abstract part the viewer is really part of the piece of art because through their interpretation they uh, there is some electricity in this dialogue between the piece of art and the viewer which is my main goal i don't know if i answered your question yes you did yeah and i've seen the the artwork it's amazing because like you said it's it's a great combination of two different, very opposite of the spectrum techniques. Mm. You know, one is very abstract, but then you also have such beautiful detail. It's just amazing. So I, I love your work. I'm really focused on my art and how can I improve it without thinking about being in the market that much. Because I feel that if you think about the audience, you will be like in this cage and mm, in this yeah. cage, and you will be always thinking how to please everybody else. But since there is no way to please everybody in the world, now right now I'm focused to please as much as I can myself. And it's already very hard, I think. <laughs> but I'm getting there. And how can we connect with you? My Instagram page, Filippo Giusti Art, and my website. Well, thank you so much, Filippo. No, thank you for... I'm sorry, when I start speaking, I just put on play and I keep speaking for hours and hours. Oh, no. Imagine if I was that was speaking, so much fun. Imagine if I was speaking Italian. We could stay here for <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another amazing handmade CEO sharing his talents and wisdom with the world. I love that Filippo had the strength to go against the grain and pursue a career in the arts. It wasn't an easy journey, but it was an easy transition. When you're true to yourself and allow yourself the space to embrace your gifts, you'll find the choices you make are not as tricky. Be sure to visit the show notes to see Filippo's amazing work. I know you'll be amazed at Filippo's paintings and be blown away by his talent. 
I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 